Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 453 now of the Ron and Don Show. And yeah, we're hanging out with Charlie the Dog, and we were live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, uh, Ron and I were just having a little real estate business meeting and then a little uh, personal time together. We just ate a little lunch. And uh, before I came up to our studios, the Ron and Don uh, uh, studios, and of course, brought to you by Les Schwab again. I, I I saw a headline, and the headline said that wow, we are really headed toward some economic woes. I love economic woes. I know that Ron does too, and we'll tell you why. So you don't want to miss it. Also, coming up on the Ron and Don show, the power. This is really cool, you guys, and I think you're going to love it. Uh, the power that it seems like football has over Tom Brady. Uh, found out some things this week that I want to talk about because I'm just wondering a couple things, and I want to get Ron's opinion. And I'm not a Tom Brady hater. I'm not. You're an Adam Levine hater. <laughs> I love Adam Levine. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Uh, Ron just got back from the South. And he was down there seeing his parents, and he sent me a really cool video. And I was unaware, uh, I was unaware that you were heading down there to do something pretty cool involving two people I know is Bob and Alice, otherwise known as your mom and dad. Yeah, so we were, uh, the kids, we were all doing the math, and and turns out we had not all been together in the same space in over three years with COVID. Wow. So there was a graduation that happened uh, I think in 2018, maybe, uh, one of, uh, my sister's kids. And so we were all together pretty much for this graduation and then COVID struck and we haven't, we, we've done individual things yeah. where we've seen like my brothers come up here to see me and, and we all hung out that one time, uh, and et cetera and so forth, but not everybody together. And so my sister had done a renovation on her house and she wanted my parents to see it. So they live relatively close to each other. And so she said, hey, mom and dad, I know uh, it's a pain for you guys to travel, but if I arrange everything, will you, I want you to come see the stuff we've done to the house. And so she books that, and then she calls me. She goes, wouldn't it be great if we surprised uh, the folks, if you and our brother, if all the kids are there, and could you make that happen? So I was like, what are the dates? I said, sure. Then she called my big brother, gave him the dates and he's like, sure. So what we did is my brother and I flew in the night before my parents were supposed to arrive. We didn't tell him sort of like for six weeks, five or six weeks. Cause you know, my parents want to plan out. Uh, we all knew this. And so I'd have to call my mom and dad, uh, like I do every weekend. And they'd be like, yeah, you know, we're going to Nashville. And I was like, Oh really? When are you going up there? Like every time I'm playing dumb. Oh, so what, what are you going to be doing? Oh, right on. Cool. Then we'll have fun. And, you know, make sure you call me when you get there and all that stuff. So do that week after week after week. And you know uh, you're going. 
Yeah, and I already had my plane ticket. So me and my brother, like behind the scenes, it were like nobody spilled the beans. Like they they shouldn't know. Uh, so um, we ha- got someone to transport them to the airport. Did you guys actually use that term? Spill the yeah, beans. Yeah, do not spill the beans. I haven't heard that in a while. I know we're going old school. That's a that's a fun game. Did you ever play that growing up? Spill the beans. Uh, no. My loves my son loves spill the beans. All right, so we There's were beans all over the house. We're trying to not spill the beans. Okay. Don't so don't. we uh, folks are getting on the. So me and my brother are there. We get there the night before, like about midnight. Uh, go back to sleep. We got to come right back to the airport to meet the parents. And so in the, all the extended family members, everybody knows they're like, you have to get this on video to send it to the family. And so what we decided to do, cause the Nashville airport is going through construction is me and my, so we could, we got to, it's just sort of like a hallway. Like there's no real place to enter until they finish the concourse. So we're like in front of like a Cinnabon or something. But so my brother and I go off to the side into like where the wall of construction is hiding our view. Knowing you two, you probably snuck a Cinnabon or two. Got a couple Cinnabons while we're waiting. And then my sister starts rolling her phone because my parents are walking down the, the walkway so they can see her, but they can't see us. And uh, hang hang on. You're, is your, I I just want to be clear because you're, because at some point your dad wasn't walking and I saw in the video, that's when your brother, that's when your brother appeared, right? Yeah, my dad just for the airport travel thing, he he uh, uses a wheelchair and he can walk around just fine, but just not super long distances. Yeah, yeah. And so they, you know, they had a, a wheelchair waiting for him on the ramp. Smart. So he's coming down, uh, and my mom's right behind him, and she's got the backpack and her purse and the whole deal, and she's getting off the plane. So they they walk past the you know into the public space. And my sister, they see my sister. So my sister's like, hey, mom and dad, good to see you. And they're hugging and everything. So meanwhile, my brother walks up and he taps the, the, the concierge guy that's pushing the, my dad's wheelchair on the shoulder and he takes over to push the wheelchair. But my dad doesn't realize this because he's looking right. straight ahead. That's why I want to bring the wheelchair up. That's and, why I thought the wheelchair then, was important. And my mom doesn't realize it because she's hugging my sister yeah. and she just sees the back of my brother's head. Because your brother walks into the frame and says something like, I got it from here. Or I'll take over. Yeah, I'll from take here. over from here. I got it. And so then I walk in from the side yeah. and it takes my mom a second to realize that we're there. And then she have like 100% uh surprise from everybody um so she's losing it my dad who again is facing the opposite direction <laughs> just hears my mom scream and so he doesn't know what's going on yeah and so finally my brother spins him around he sees my brother sees us so we do the whole there was a huge surprise like almost hopefully didn't give anybody a heart attack but it was close and then we, you know, we just hung out as a family for the first time in three years. And the thing that I kept reflecting on, and I know you'll, you'll probably appreciate this because you've done some studying on, on stoicism. There's this concept in stoicism called the last time meditation. And so what they, and I don't remember who, it might've been Marcus Aurelius or one of the, one of the guys back in the day. Seems like it always goes back to Marcus Aurelius. One, one of those guys, yeah. Cicero, somebody. Ryan Holiday's written like 12 books on that now. It's really but, amazing. If you want to study stoicism, Read a Ryan Holiday book because he does a great job at breaking down stoicism. My favorite book, if you're just starting, is called Obstacles Away is a Game Changer for Me. And so I'm sure you've done this meditation, but what you're supposed to do is focus on something and say, there is going to be a last time I'm going to do this. So Mm -hmm. there's going to be a last Ron and Don podcast. Yep. 
just as we, there was, we, we, you and I talked about that today. We, just we're as not, there we're was, not, a, we're not, we're not doing this forever. So. Just as there was a last, you know, Ron and Don show on the radio. Yeah. There's gonna be a last time you and I have lunch together. There's gonna be a last time you walk Charlie the dog. There's also gonna be a last time when my whole family is together in the same physical space. Hmm. So, and it's not, and that's not meant to be morbid. It's meant to say, cherish that time like it brings you brings you to, to the, a state of mind it to brings say, you to the present it drags so, you right right. In, right into the present and it makes you very appreciative right for 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 the present and that may have been the last time that we all watch a denver bronco game together on the tv mm-hmm. you know it may have been the last time we all you know made barbecue together yeah and so um that was sort of my mindset of going if it was three years since the last time we were able to do this you go out three more years and there is a certain, you know, math just doesn't work after a while. Right, so we're on a we're on a limited uh, time basis, all of us. And so I just was trying to keep that present in my mind. And I, I still had some, you know, real estate stuff I had to follow up on and whatnot. But we, you know, we sat around the the porch a lot. It's a big southern porch with a ceiling fan, and you know, we it's a beautiful property with a pond. And so we we just all hung out as a family and did some meals together and watched some football games and and just. Did nothing together. Yeah. Couple, which was couple, nice. couple questions, and I waited to want to wait to the podcast to ask you if it's too personal to tell. Your mom to me, and and I think that the generation of our moms who are around eighty now, it's that silent generation, right? They're the children of the greatest generation, and there's a there's a reason why they call them the silent generation. And you talk about bootstrapping. Uh, if you talk to my mom, or I bet if you talk to your mom, uh, it, it, there's there's a whether they embrace it or not, they grew up. There's a, there's a real bootstrap mentality, but there's also a real stoic mentality. And your mom, to me, has always been, I don't know if the word is stoic, but I have to say I was surprised at her reaction when she, when she looked at you and your, because I think she's used to seeing your sister, but when she saw you and your brother Rob and she said, oh, my boys, my boys are together. And that's when she began to cry. She was she was really touched by that. Do, are you are you used to seeing your mother like that? Oh yeah, she's you are. She she's a very emotional in that way. Oh around, really? Around family stuff. Oh, like I, like I never saw. There's it. a toughness that you're talking about of just like hey you you get up and you you work every day and you you put food on the on the table and all that sort of stuff that then a frugality I think that comes from you know living through the generation they live through. But when it comes to family and yeah. and the like if she's at you know, a grandchild's play, she's going to cry yeah. or all that stuff. All right. So then you're down there in Nashville, you know, your family are, have been season ticket holders for the Broncos. Did you guys watch the Bronco game and how do they, how do they feel about, cause Russell Wilson, even though they won, it was a horrible game is still getting punked. I mean, he is still getting, he's still getting punked. And, and what's amazing to me is when Russell came to Seattle you think of everything that was thrown thrown at him, and no one says Russell actually played really well. There were two things that happened at the goal line that weren't his fault, where they didn't punch it in. He played a really great game. When you think about how hostile it was, and to walk in and all these people love you, and now they're booing you. Which, by the way, uh, I was embarrassed for Seattle. I don't, I don't, I don't, 
I don't think you you boo grown ass men who are out just playing a game. Like I don't get I don't get the I, I get not cheering for them and cheering for your team, but the whole boo thing, uh, especially the grown ass men out there that are wearing. You're like, dude, you're 62 years old. You went out and brought a bought a Bronco jersey number three that says Wilson on the back. Your last name is not Wilson. Now, if your six year old wants to wear that, I'm fine with that. And I've talked about this. Every jersey that I have has my name on the back. It says Don. You had a Hasselbeck jersey. Well, that's another story for another day. That's an outlier, and that's allowed. But we, but we can't. We, it's an we, exception to the rule. It's when he went to play for the Titans, and I was trying to make a statement when I went to the went to the stadium, which is absolutely ridiculous too. Right? It's totally ridiculous. So now I have a Titans Hasselbeck jersey, and I don't know what what to do with that thing. Other than when he raised the twelfth man flag, I wore that. Uh, to the stadium, and people thought it was amazing because everybody had their Hasselbeck jerseys on, but no one had their Titans uh, uh, Hasselbeck jersey on. So with, with, with all that said, how do they feel about Russell Wilson? First off, bring back cable because it took us nine hours as a family <laughs> to get the NFL stream. I mean, I know. It, can we just watch a football game? I know. You got to sign up for a membership and then log into your Comcast and nobody knows their Comcast password. Nobody does. And now it's like, is it $249? Yeah. How many devices? It's like, dude, we're just trying to watch a football game. And so it literally took us nine hours to make sure we had the game dialed in. They're, they haven't had enough exposure to, to, to Russell Wilson yet. They were more disappointed in this new head coach in his really poor clock management and, and strategy. And he, has a, were, and, he, and he has a punchable face. And he, he has a punchable so face. More so than, than Russell Wilson. He, but they, they, they'll get there. They'll get there once they, once they... They'll like him? Or you think they'll I think they'll him? be annoyed with him the same... Like, what we, if he wins, though? Because he won here and you, you still didn't like him. Because did you see the silver lame tuxedo after a loss? I'm over it. Yeah, I moved on. It's it's look, Ron. It's Wasn't a, annoying to you at all. It's a hundred yard in uh, outdoor war. If you don't like that, you don't like NFL football. We will see you on the other side of this. People ask me, how do you put up with these two? My answer, good snacks and video games. All right, you guys, uh, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. As uh, Ron and I were getting ready to do the podcast today, I was looking at some of the headlines, and one of the headlines that popped up was economic woes. And then I saw another headline that said, ooh, interest rate now, because the Fed's just raised it again, so we're up above 6%. And remember what Warren Buffett said, this is when everybody runs. And granted, I'm not Warren Buffett, you're not Warren Buffett, only Warren Buffett is Warren Buffett, and I know he continues to eat McDonald's every day, and yet he's still alive. So I think the bottom line is, if you don't smoke and you don't drink like him, and you play a lot of bridge with your friend Bill Gates, even if he eats McDonald's uh, every single day, he eats a Happy Meal every day, I, and I don't know if he what he does with the toy, uh, it seems like you can live a pretty good long life. And he gives a lot of uh, really simple investment strategies from time to time. But, but one of his core principles is that this is the moment that you've waited for. This is when you look at the market and you see volatility. This is when you run toward it like a firefighter runs toward a fire and you don't run away from the danger. Sometimes that's the same thing in real estate. And people have to be really careful here because you can, can go out there, get completely over leveraged and get wiped out. 
But if you've been planning for this moment, if you've had money, not just in reserves, but money that you've held out of the game, getting ready to re-enter, uh, there's a house right on my block right now that that I've been watching, and I've watched it, uh, I think, for the past 45 days. And I've talked to the realtor there, and we've had discussions. And there's some issues with this house that I know that I could fix or an investor friend of mine that would come in and buy this thing could fix. It would be a great long-term, short-term rental, and you could develop this property and add doors, do all kinds of cool stuff that I like to do as an investor. And I have to tell you guys, the price is coming down as the interest rate is going up. And on this particular house, because it's still on oil, and there's some real issues with this house. Right now, if you have a turnkey cream puff property in Seattle, you're still selling up over 6% from where you were last September. You are. And if it's a cream puff, 41% of those homes are still selling over list. So if you're a seller out there, you're still in good shape. But what's different? Like, for instance, we sold a home a couple of years ago on 65th, one of the busiest streets in Ballard. Good luck selling that home for what we sold it for two years ago. Or if you're on a really busy, crazy corner, or if you have something that's called a hairball, which means it's a lot of work or deferred maintenance, meaning you haven't addressed the furnace in the last 19 years and the thing blew up. Those are the houses that are having the issues, but those are the houses where there's an opportunity now to step in and buy. This house that is talking about up the street, they came on at 1.8. They're all the way down to 1.5. That house is sitting there. I think you could probably buy it right now for one three five. So I don't care if the interest rate is 6%. I've taken a house that a year ago was worth 1.8. Supposedly now it's only worth 1.35. And the only reason it's worth 1.35 is because people have seen the interest rates and they've run a little bit. But people that understand the game, whether you're investing on Wall Street or on Main Street in real estate, you know that this is your opportunity to really pay attention. And as an investor, this was when I run to it. This is when I lean into it. And I tell you what, I've been waiting for this moment, for these economic downturn headlines, because this is the opportunity to pounce. What say you? Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. The one caveat I, I want to say is, is just a disclaimer, because I've, I've, I don't know why I've been thinking about this. Maybe it was me traveling through the South. It, it, there are a lot of people that are having legitimate economic woes. Uh, and if you are in the, you know, a lower income strata, or if you are in on the, along the poverty line, those sort of things, th th this inflation has kicked your butt. And so I, I don't want to, this, this, what we're talking about, I think doesn't apply to every person everywhere, but the ones that it does apply to that you're fortunate enough to have a solid job, you're fortunate enough to be able uh, to stock some money away, to be thinking about investments and wealth building. Uh, all of those things that you just said are absolutely true. And I, I think the mentality, it, it's funny, they've always done that thought experiment where it's like, if you took, you know, the, the richest 20% of the people in the world, and you took away all their money, and you gave it to the poorest 20% of the people in the world, and then you fast forward 10 years, what do you think would happen? And the thought experiment always goes, well, the 20% the that were the richest are going to be rich again, and the people that were poor are most likely to be poor again. And why is that? It's because of the strategy, the mindset, 
the knowing when to run, when what's a good investment, what's not a good investment. And you've brought up a million times on the podcast where, you know, when lotto winners go out and buy 17 cars uh, and jet skis and a pontoon boat, and then everybody starts doing drugs and they lose all the money or all the, the broke documentaries of professional athletes that grew up with nothing, sign that, that big deal. And then next thing you know, they're broke because their NFL career lasted two and a half years. Um, it's the mindset and the mentality that's more important than the physical dollar. So I will take a guy that has zero dollars, but the right mindset over someone with a million dollars that's going to go to Vegas and get bottle service and just be an idiot with that money. That person's never going to have the wealth. And the person that's a grinder, I, I have a friend that's just a grinder. Um, and if you met him and he got out of his truck you would not think he was wealthy at all. He has work boots on. He's wearing a uh, you know an old pair of jeans and a ball cap, and he drives a really old for a white Ford truck. And when you meet him, you'd be like, "Oh, he's just, it's a good guy, decent guy." If you if you know him though, you know that he does the little things every day, the unglamorous things every day. His mind is mindset is right, and he grinds it out. And so him and I text uh, you know every every week or so where it's just like, dude, I got my grind on. And I just know that both of us um, are on the same path to where it doesn't matter if you have the fancy car or the expensive shoes. Uh, what matters is that at the end of the day, your mind is right and, and you're going to end up with the big prize. Yeah. All right, if you need us, ronadonsitdown.com. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron Adon here with Mitch.loans. His last name has now been changed to Dot Loans. Hi, Mitch. Hey, how's it going? Should people be obsessing about interest rates? Like, we, you, if you watch it day to day, it goes up, it goes down. It's It's gone up quite a bit in the last six months. Is that a good thing to fixate on if you want to jump in the real estate game? You know, it isn't. It should not be something that's blocking you from buying a house for two reasons. One is that rates are supposed to go down in a year. Um, so buying a house now with a little less com competition is a great thing. And you can always refine out into another loan. This is the thing that has cracked me up a little bit. Like people were escalating over list price, sometimes by hundreds of thousands of dollars, but the interest rate was low. So the mentality seems to be, well, I'll pay 200 grand more uh, because my interest rate is under 3%. And yet I won't pay list price now because my interest. So maybe I'm going to pay an extra couple thousand dollars instead of an extra couple $200,000. You're absolutely right. That is not the way to approach it. And no, you can still get some really good deals out there. And it is there are all sorts of creative ways to lower your rate now. There are different products we can help you with. And so, no, now is a great time to buy. And it's great that you can finally make an offer with contingencies and, you know, have some power back. All right. He's Mitch Weeks. You can get a hold of him at Mitch.loans. Uh, ask him about that Ron and Don deal. It's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you want a buyer or seller playbook, all you got to do is reach out to Ron, right at ron at ronanddon.com, and uh, we'll send you a, uh, one of those today. And a sit down, yeah, it's about 45 minutes. We'll just chat, find out if we're going to be good team members. We had some good sit downs this week. We have some great properties coming on. And again, if your house isn't a turnkey cream puff, I can make it a turnkey cream puff. And that's when we bring it to the front line, right? Yeah. Car business, uh, they say, is your car front line ready? You ever drive down Aurora and you see those cars on the front? 
Yeah, the ones in the back end of the lot don't look like the ones that are on the front. That's called a frontline car. That's what we want to do with homes, too. We want to bring them to the front line. It takes work to do that, to have a frontline home. But the bottom line is this. You're going to get more money, even in a market like this, where you feel like it's a little bubbly. People feel like it's a little unstable. And for me, it just feels like there's more opportunity Are here. we on the front line or the bottom line? Yeah. Front line, yeah. Changes the bottom line. I like that. Hey, uh, let's do this. Real quick sports roundup. Tom Brady, at the age of 45, is no longer living with his wife, they say. She got really upset that he went back to work. And I just want to ask this question because I think if we really think about this, do we really relate to this? A woman getting mad at a man for going back to work at the age of 45. Most of us can't retire at the age of 45. We don't own castles, cars, and stars. And so I, I, I don't, I don't, there has to be more going on here than him just going back to football because I think there would be a lot of partners out there that would say, wow, Tom wants to keep working and providing for his family and he's only 45 years old. Why the hell not? I don't get it. What say you? Uh, I do get it for this regard. If you've, if you've, I haven't watched the documentary on him, but there is one I think on Amazon Prime. His dedication to being able to play at the age of 45 in the NFL is an all-consuming affair. And so when he made that decision, what he essentially said is, hey, Giselle, you take care of everything else. I'm not preparing a meal. I'm not driving a kid to school. I'm not helping with homework. I'm not doing a chore around the house. I, I am in football mode from the minute I... Because you remember, he has a trainer that lives with them. From the minute he gets up in the morning... It is plyometrics and diet and avocado ice cream and watching film and stretching and weight training. His entire life is orchestrated to allow him to play football. And so if you're Giselle and you've done this year after year after year after year, and then as a family you sit down and say, that's my last year. Come on, dude. They and then he three, changes They have it. three nannies. How many meals is she making? And and if she can't drive well, she to school, she has three other people that can't. She can drop them off in no. the effing helicopter. So she, so, so she has made more money over the years I know, than but he let, has. Let me finish. And now she let says, oh, it's my time, and I'm going back. It's like, your kids are still little. They're not raised. It is not your time. It is everyone's time to keep working, at least in the blue-collar life that I I live that's the way it works what say you i'll give well, you the final sec i think that giselle being one of the most beautiful women on the face of the earth um is sort of like i i want to be married i want the guy that i'm married to to be present and we do have enough money. We are fortunate enough to not have to have you play. Well, football most guys game. that work full time, or most women that work full time, you just have to have an agreement. Like I have a, I have a friend that I re, he's he basically is the take home partner, or he's the stay home partner, and so he does all those things. While his wife, who's a controller for a big bank here, she's working because they figured out during COVID uh, that that would be better for them. So nonetheless, I said, I'll give you the final say, let's move on to another sports story. I think it's really interesting. How do you think Richard Sherman is doing on Amazon prime? He is now in a situation where he's always picked on the media, hasn't talked to the media, has made fun of the media. And now he's in the media, right? We saw Marshawn Lynch do something very similar until he got that supposed DUI or whatever that's going to be. We'll see, uh, he, he had a pretty good gig with the Seahawks and with Amazon Prime, too, and then we've kind of seen him disappear. I, I have to say, 
I haven't enjoyed him on TV. I don't think he's done a very good job. And the only note he can hit is going after Russell Wilson. So that, and that's what he's doing. He's jumping on KJ Wright's podcast and they're all going after Russell Wilson. And to me, after all the grace that has been extended to Richard Sherman, all the therapy he must have done after going over to his in-laws house, trying to break in and basically kill them. I mean, if you watch that video, it is very violent. And here we are now. It's been a number of months later. He, 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 he has a gig on Amazon and he spends most of the time talking about Russell Wilson. I just wonder if there's another, another note that he can play. Uh, he seems very uncomfortable and not very good when he's in a situation now where he doesn't have the helmet and everybody wants to talk to him. He's now trying to pursue and, and, and talk to other athletes, and, and I think he's horrible. I think he's absolutely – now, I, I, I think he probably has the ability to be good, but I think just sitting there and, and going after this player, why didn't, why didn't you go after him when you guys were on the Seahawks? I think it's really cowardice to go after him now. Yeah, I think that part of it I agree with. Um, I don't know if I have a big enough sample size to know if I like him or not, but very few of those guys come out of the league, step into the booth, and are really good. Like, it happens from time to time. You don't think Pete Manning's really good? Uh, he did Not when he first started. Not like his first one or two games he wasn't. I don't know. Did you see him? Did you go back and you watch his speech? Promise me you'll do this. Peyton, Go Peyton back Manning and watch is one of his guys. speech for the NFL Hall of Fame. I watch it today, uh, again, and I watch it all the time. The presentation that he gave, and we're talking, we're, we're talking cash cars and stars and pictures and all kinds, and, and the way and what he said about the game of football, his life, his parents, the connection that he made with all it, it was he was setting the stage. And he's one of the best broadcasters out there without being a broadcaster. That's what's amazing. Yeah, he's, and they he's have a unique more case. people now tuning into the Manning cast than they do to the regular night football. Speaking of, have you seen Eli go undercover as a walk-on at Penn yes, State? it's great. <laughs> it's Chad Powers. E- Eli, think, think Eli, fast e- Eli and his brother Cooper are, are probably more funny oh, than Peyton is. And, and, and It's great. If you haven't seen it, there's a YouTube video. It's Eli goes under full prosthetic makeup to walk on as a 26-year-old named Chad Powers at Penn State. Check it out. And it is funny. Yeah. Uh, Finally, your thoughts on the Mariners. I decided they're making this run. My son is now expressing interest. Daddy, why don't we ever go to games? Why don't we go to Seahawks games? I'm like, I I showed him all these pictures of him at games when he was a kid, and we had headphones and all that stuff, and so he didn't remember a lot of it. Now he's at an age that he wants to go. So I, I, I called Comcast Xfinity the other day, and I knew, I just knew, I just knew it was going to take forever. It was the, all my rentals, whenever I connect Xfinity, it just takes forever. And you, I'm not going to go into it. It just takes forever. Everybody knows that. We started right before the game. It was the ninth inning. At what inning do you think we finally got Root Sports on to watch the game? The 10th? Six days later. I was on the phone for that game, a second game, and a third game. And then they figured out that my service was connected to a completely different house that I've been paying for that I've never owned. I've never owned. I've, they, they had me connected to completely different equipment. To get somebody on the phone 
to actually talk to somebody that's not artificial intelligence. And Xfinity has to fix this because they will tell you that you're not talking to a bot and you're absolutely talking. That, that's all you do is talk to artificial intelligence. Then you get someone on the phone and they're just reading off a card the whole time. And they're thanking you for being a loyal customer and they can't do jack about it. Do they have to fix it though? You kept calling back. Finally got it. And guess what? Since I got it, guess what? I don't know. The Mariners have lost like six of the last seven. So I think I better disconnect. Yeah, you better turn that off. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to episode 453 of the Ron and Don Show. Hey, if you need us, and and you know what? A lot of people are calling us right now. Even if you're not making the real estate deal this year, I visited with three families this week from all over the Pacific Northwest that are deciding to sell next spring. This is exactly the time that we should be meeting if we're selling next spring or we're selling next summer because we got a lot of work to do on these homes as we prepare uh, for spring 2023. Yeah, email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com. You can find out more info about our real estate biz at ronanddon.com. And if you want to talk to Don, he's don at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode 454. This is the Ron and Don Show. Olay! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.